This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder. And you might be thinking, if you're kind enough to be a regular listener, that I spend an awful lot of time at railway stations. Well, that's certainly the case today. You can hear a freight train going past and my train is due to go in five and a half minutes. So let's see, first of all, if it's on time and secondly, if I have finished what I have to say to you by then. And I am looking at the state of the railways and I'm really very uh, despairing. That's probably the world. So I've based that on what I have seen so far this week. We're only up to Wednesday and we saw new strikes being called by the RMT union. Now this very specifically isn't aimed at passengers. It's the strike that begins at... uh, 6pm on Christmas Eve and goes through to the early hours of the 27th of December. Very little impact on passengers in the short term, possibly quite a significant impact in the longer term because it's designed to scupper more than £100 million worth of engineering works that are going in. And I guess that is a really, really unfortunate gesture from my point of view. It means that the biggest rail union, the RMT, is so absolutely focused on uh, winning its battle with, well, theoretically the train operators and network rail, but ultimately with the government. They're so focused on that that uh, they are quite prepared to, um, as it were, damage the future of the railways in order to press home their what they would see as their advantage. I've also, this morning, spent quite a lot of time watching and indeed going back and checking that I'd heard correctly what happened with the Transport Select Committee. This um, August committee, which I've actually got a lot of time for, um, was meeting and interviewing Mark Harper, the Transport Secretary. Ironically, the previous chair of the Transport Select Committee, uh, the excellent Hugh Merriman, is now the Rail Minister. He wasn't around. So what did Mark Harper have to say? Well, He ran through all the reasons why reform on the railway is necessary. He talked about every job on the railway being protected during the Covid pandemic with £300,000 of taxpayers' money. That's the equivalent of the uh, money that was pumped in to the railways. Now, there is a perfectly valid argument to say, well, hang on, that was during Covid. That was to keep essential services running. Um, That doesn't count for now. Um, He then said that the number of passengers, well, certainly commuters, has dropped to just 60%. So two out of five um, commuters simply aren't commuting as they used to. And he said they're not coming back. And he said that overall passenger numbers back to 80%. Um, so one in five person people staying away. Um, the union says it's 99% and they say that they have a perfectly fair 
uh, request, they also are now very much bringing out the, um, uh, dare I say, standard arguments about why they don't want reform. But the two reforms that uh, have been asked for by the train operators are, first of all, the closure of some ticket offices, um, some say all ticket offices eventually, and the other is driver-controlled operation of the doors. The argument is, for the first uh, one, for, for ticket offices, that um, people who need help won't be able to get it from a ticket office. Well, the government, to be fair, and I will absolutely hold them to this, uh, say, look, this is actually to help more vulnerable customers, to help disabled people. They'll still be able to buy tickets. If they want to use cash at a station, that's absolutely fine. This will bring the person from outside the ticket office out to help them, and that will be an improvement in service. On driver-controlled operation, the unions say you've got to have uh, the doors controlled by a, a guard because otherwise you're relying on technology. You will have so-called trap and drag incidents. Now, nobody is going to make any railway completely safe. In a perfect world, you would have a member of staff in every single carriage on a train. But we're not in a perfect world. We're in a world where the railway is using losing shed loads of cash. And again, there's another perfectly good argument for saying, well, the government should be pumping more money into it. And uh, that, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to hold. Oh, look, and the train is now going to it's now turned up. And luckily, I managed to jump aboard the train, even though I had embarrassing amounts of uh, baggage for complicated reasons including a folding bicycle and I'm now speeding through the uh, Staffordshire sunshine and how lovely it is. So just to round off, first of all the uh, arguments for modernisation look to me fairly compelling but what really worries me in the short term about this dispute is that there are reports that it was actually the government, the Treasury, number 10, who insisted that the driver-controlled operation of the doors caveat was put into the agreement. The Transport Secretary today repeatedly declined to say whether or not that was the case. If it is the case, well, I'm afraid we are in for a long haul. It suggests to me that the government, Prime Minister, etc., regard this as a fight they have to win and therefore I'm afraid we're into a battle of attrition. They are betting that uh, the union and its the excellent rail workers will be exhausted before the public is. We shall see it's not great for the future of the railways, it's not great for the traveller, it's a pretty dismal time for everyone. Anyway, wherever you are, I hope the sun is shining for you and I shall speak to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.